the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon to you. Welcome to the Southern California Live Show. I am Pastor Scott Furrow of the First Baptist Church of San Diego and the Cultivating Ethos Show on KPRZ in San Diego every day at 1130. It is so great to be with you again today. And this is my last day as a guest host of this live program. It's been fantastic to be with you and to get to know you. And we have been uh, working hard to make sure that we can keep things up in this fast-paced news cycle that we have been in. You know, it's the funny thing about when you're alive, you don't know what is, uh, what's coming. You, you, can re, you have to redo the show all of a sudden because of things that happen on the news that we want to talk about. And uh, so we've had to do a lot about that. In fact, uh, what I'm going to do this hour is give you what I like to call the ferocious commentary and just talk a little bit about fear and I'm relating it to some of the news that's going on, obviously, in Afghanistan, but also with the vaccines and the, the, what it means that there's FDA approval and some of the, the things going around with that subject today. And so we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. You can check in with me and follow me on Twitter at Scott Furrow. That's F-U-R-R-O-W, at Scott Furrow. And right now I'm live on Facebook. If you want to go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Scott Furrow. We're live on Facebook, although uh, if anybody calls in, you won't be able to hear those phone calls, but you can wave to me there and say hi, and you can actually type in a comment or a question if you've got them. And I suppose you probably do, because you know when some of the stuff we're going to talk about, everybody's got an opinion about it. And uh, you might have some thoughts, and I'd love to hear those things. You can also call me with all of that. It's 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. That's the phone number here. You can call in any time. I'd love to hear your thoughts and questions about what is going on uh, in our world today. And in particular, maybe you have some opinions about what it means that FDA approval of the Pfizer drug has happened. And the president today is encouraging employers across the country to mandate that everybody gets the shot, that everybody gets their jab. What do you think about that? And uh, we'll talk some about that. The phone number is 888-52-TALKS, 52TALKS, 888-528-2557. So grab your coffee. I hope that you've got your coffee for the afternoon. I've got mine, and I'll confess that the place I usually go, their app didn't work this morning. And so I did end up at one of those corporate coffee shops, but I think they might be Christian because it's called St. Arbucks. Have you been to St. Arbucks before? There's a bunch of them. They're all around. Anyway, uh, I don't remember St. Arbuck from my church history class. Do you? Maybe somebody can call me up and help me remember who that guy is. Anyway, so I went to St. Arbucks this morning and I got a coffee, but actually the refill here uh, comes out of St. Keurig uh, right here in the studio, if there is such a guy. A lot of ministry happens at St. Arbucks, though. I will tell you that anyway. Uh, lots of things going on, not corporately probably in that place, but uh, on their patios and their tables, God is doing his thing outside there and other places to hang out. I think God does an awful lot of ministry uh, through coffee shops and most of all because he's doing it through you. He's doing it through you and the people that you are interacting with. All right, lots of news from uh, this weekend. And uh, the Torrance Little League advances to the semifinals after beating Ohio yesterday, nine to nothing yesterday. So good for them. We're excited for those kids. That's an experience those kids will never forget. 
I mean, that, I just think that's a great thing. I remember being in Little League, and, you know, I I thought about that. We were never really that good uh, to make it, but uh, that would have been fantastic. Parents, I have to say, though, I'm a coach, okay, a Little League coach. Don't put so much pressure on your kids, you know, for sports, especially young. I coached the Little League, and I'm amazed at how many parents, I think, probably have a retirement plan that is their kid's major league contract that they think that their nine-year-old is going to get. Uh, You know, even if they're good enough and healthy enough, most people don't make it. There's only enough room for a few houses on the beach. That's kind of how it works in the major league. So let them have fun, protect their arms, let them grow and strengthen properly. I think it matters. It matters greatly. Another story that came out this weekend, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, it impacted me. And there was a study that dealt with the foods that we eat. And the claim is, is that eating one hot dog claims 35 minutes of your life this study suggests. I'm not even making that up. A real study, and they went through all kinds of different foods that people eat, and they determined that if you have one hot dog, for every hot dog you have, your life decreases by 35 minutes. And I just, I've been starting a calculation here for myself. Let me just finish this up here a little bit, uh, carry the one. According to the study, I'm not going to make it to the end of this hour. I have now calculated how many hot dogs I have eaten in my life. I'm surprised I'm still here, actually. And uh, one time I ate I don't even know if I should tell you this, but I was, I'm going to preface it with this. I was very young, high school, maybe college age, and very thin, and I exercised a lot. I went to a doubleheader at Dodger Stadium, which there's only been a couple of them, I think, ever. But there was one, and I got to go. I went to the whole game, and I ate seven, seven Dodger dogs at that game. Uh, that's a few hours off of my life, apparently, that I'm going to lose, according to this study. It also says the worst thing for you is sugary drinks. Here's a quote from the study. Sugary drinks, hot dogs, burgers, and breakfast sandwiches were linked with the most minutes of healthy life lost. <laughs> I have to tell you, that's uh, pretty much number one, number two, number three. Actually, I stopped drinking the sugary drinks a while ago, so that's good. That's off my off my plate there. Um, when I was a kid, did you do this? We used to go into we used to go into uh, 7-Eleven and they used to have something called the double gulp. It wasn't just the big gulp. It was the double gulp. I don't think they have this anymore. 64 ounces. And for probably 75 cents, I would walk out with 64 ounces of Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, double gulp. It was sold in a milk carton. You just, it was like a regular milk carton and you punch a straw through it and you could carry that thing around all day. I remember that quite a bit. Um, anyway, so that is uh, um, an encouraging, you know, the encouraging part of that story is if you eat your, if you eat right fruits and vegetables, you can increase your life by a certain number of minutes. Uh, and so, you know, eat well. Fruits, number one, you get the most impact from eating fruits. Vegetables, number two. Uh, it even included certain things like uh, cereals, like Cheerios and things like that. So you can actually add those minutes back. I don't know if they have the first clue what they're talking about, those people, as far as the minutes of life. But I thought it was, I thought it was fun. All right. Hey, I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. You're listening to the Southern California Live program, and you can give me a call at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I am interested in your opinion about the vaccine approval, and I'll get your calls here in just a moment. Here's my question for you. Here's one question. Does this make you more likely to get the vaccine if you haven't uh, or do you feel better about the vaccine you've got already or no difference? Does it impact you at all? And I'm asking you this from the context of being a Christian, right? So um, let me narrow it down this way. What does God want us to do here? All right. And uh, how does this work? All right. Let me take a phone call from uh, Caesar in West Covina. Caesar, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. 
All right, good to hear from you. What's on your mind? So I have uh, two points uh, that I'd like to make. Number one is uh, uh, regarding uh, uh, the vaccine. So uh, number one, I want to encourage everybody to, to share with uh, share your faith with your neighbor. Uh, don't get into an argument, especially if they've already had the vaccine. That's and pretty. That's pretty one, important because people get pretty upset about this topic. Like whatever your yes. opinion is, right? People get pretty heated. Absolutely, yes, they do, and especially if they've already had it. So you know, that's the worst thing you can do. And then the second uh, thing is, I, I was encouraged by this Australian um, attorney, and uh, and I think he has a point. So he said, uh, if we if we march uh, and if only a hundred people show up, nobody cares. He says, and if a thousand people show up, the cops will show up. If 10,000 people show up, the Coast Guard will be called in. But if a million people show up, then they'll start listening to us. So I think we need to um, to make our voice heard. Uh, I mean, there's so many ways to, to, to get a hold of these uh, senators and stuff. And, uh, and and I think a lot of people just don't don't want to bother. Uh, they complain, but they don't want to bother, and it's and it's a shame. Uh, All right. They won't like Yeah. All right, Caesar. Thank you for calling very much. And uh, let me ask you this uh, question if you're, you're listening. Uh, what is the fear? Is the fear, Caesar is suggesting that what we should do is, is march against the government. And I'm, I'm thinking there are different issues here that people have on their minds. Some of the issue is, should we be taking the vaccine at all? And, you know, the FDA approved it. So here's a question I've got for you. The Food and Drug Administration approved Pfizer. You probably take all kinds of drugs and vaccines, most people, that FDA has approved, right? They approve all kinds of stuff, your toothbrush, and they approve the drugs that go in your body. Um, There are things that the FDA has not approved, including uh, this week the FDA warned us not to take uh, ivermectin, uh, which is apparently some people are taking. And the thing is, is they said, you're not a horse, the FDA tweeted warning against the use of livestock drugs to treat COVID-19. Apparently this drug is something that you treat your livestock mostly with uh, if they've got worms or other stuff. Now, I thought when I heard this that it was one of those things that people were taking that is, you know, super crazy, like the people who are eating the Tide Pods. Remember that before COVID-19? If you're wondering why we're messed up, just go back to the Tide Pods thing. People are eating those for some reason. But I looked it up, and most of the stuff, you know, it comes from a different FDA, you know, Frank, Darren, and Andy, who have got a blog that they write from a rented garage in Pacoima, and they put themselves out there as intelligent people, and, you know, it's not really a good thing. But apparently, the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority approved this to treat the coronavirus, although they admitted that there was not enough evidence that it works or that it's even safe. And so my question is for you. Why do you trust those guys if you do? Or why does anybody trust one group over another? Why trust the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority, who even tell you that it's not, they don't know if it's safe or that if it even works. But we don't trust the FDA in our own country. Do you have any thought for that? And thinking of this as believers, what is the role? What is the role here for uh, believers? You can call me at 888-52-TALKS, 888-52-TALKS. And you know, as I talk about this, you know, I'm aware that and as a pastor i'm aware these subjects you know they rile us up i mean there is no answer that i'm going to give that actually uh is going to satisfy everybody um i think one of the issues we have to deal with is and and maybe i'll talk about this for a second camilla says uh is this the mark of the beast you know that you're being forced to take this uh vaccine you know there's a lot of vaccines that uh you probably have as as a kid 
And let me talk about this for a second, the mark of the beast. The idea, it's no. The answer is it's not the mark of the beast. I think that there are a lot of things going on, though, that are relevant to think about. But whenever we think about prophecy, whenever we think about the end times and what's going on, uh, a couple of things we should keep in mind. The first thing I want you to keep in mind is that it is far more important that you understand the reason Jesus came the first time than it is you understand the reason he's coming the second time. Because uh, if you don't understand why he came the first time, then when he comes the second time, it's going to be a bad day for you. We as believers need to spend a lot more time, and Caesar, our caller, referenced this, telling people about the gospel. You know, he's got a lot of emotion, I think, going on uh, with what's happening uh, in, in the world with all of this, but he was prompted, and I'm glad, that we need to share the gospel. And this is so less important. And I'm going to talk about that in the ferocious commentary in a minute. Secondly, you know, whenever the mark of the beast happens, whenever the time frame is for that, you are going to be asked to worship the beast to deny Christ or else you can't buy or sell. That's kind of the idea, okay, in a nutshell. Uh, that's not what's being done here. Not at all. I think it's relevant that we are creating a system, though, where it does get into the culture, the mindset that there might be certain things that you are required to do or else you can't buy or sell. So I don't think that the vaccine is the mark of the beast. In fact, I'm going to tell you, I think as a pastor right now, I'm dealing with people who are dying right now from COVID-19, the Delta variant, right now. And it's rough. And it's not that many people, but it's, it's the interesting thing for me, the thing I'm a little bit alarmed about personally, frankly, is I'm dealing with it a lot more right now than I have this entire time. And it's a funny thing because we all sort of judge what's going on based on our personal experience, right? What are the things that were going on in our life? Um, but I'm telling you that uh, there is whatever you think is going on, and I think there have been some, some things that are not true that have been said, and there have been a lot of confusion out there in communication, a lot of politics, a lot of other things. There are people very sick. And uh, my opinion is you should take the vaccine. David, you're on the line from Culver City. David, welcome to the program. Hello? Hi, David. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I think the reason that the, the vaccine controversy, I think, is rather simple. First of all, I, I believe we should be taking the vaccine. It's, a, it's our civic responsibility let alone our Christian responsibility to protect other people in addition to ourselves. But secondly, unfortunately, we live in a post-truth society. Mm. People don't evaluate evidence anymore. They evaluate who the evidence comes from. They, evaluate, they favor listening to people who they, who they agree with their biases. I mean, it's, it's a terrible situation. It really is. Everybody should be taking this vaccine. And so you're saying that um, one of the things that we should be careful about is what our biases are based upon where we get our information and who we trust. We should be evaluating the evidence from people that know about the evidence, not listening to people just because we favor their biases in other areas. I think a lot of pastors have been very guilty. A lot of the pastors that have come out against vaccines have, have no expertise whatsoever in science. Well, I think that that's one of the things, and uh, thank you very much for calling, David. I appreciate your call. You know, I think one of the things that is very challenging this time is that social media and kind of the way we can move information so quickly is we've all become epistemologists, right? We all have opinions about uh, this thing or that thing, and and um, 
I think one of the breakdowns in our society in general is we don't we don't trust the institutions. The church is having this problem, right? You have pastors giving different answers on this question, uh, just as you mentioned, and uh, it's pretty serious. Um, so why do we trust one over the other? And then what do we do about it? That's something I want to deal with when we uh, get back from the break eventually. The number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Um, Dallas, you're fr- calling from San Diego. Welcome to the program. Dallas, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Scott, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, what's your I question? I have a little bit of a different. Well, I have a little bit of a different viewpoint on the vaccine. <clears throat> I graduated with a biochemistry degree, and while that hasn't been my practice for some years, I still read voluminously on all of the things, and unless. Um, you understand that the word vaccine, the meaning has been changed. This this is not a vaccine. And I don't consider a two-month test by Pfizer and Moderna using <clears throat> about 22,000 people each to be a sufficient test. Okay. And Do you know you about that, though? It's they've been, they've been testing this. Hold on a second there, Dallas. They've been testing this for a long yeah. time, at least a year. I mean, I understand that that may not be as long yeah. as some other, but it's been a lot longer than two months. No. No, I understand the initial documentation that came out showed about no guarantee that anybody over 74 would actually derive any benefit necessarily from the vaccine. So and I where do you, where did you, order. did you find that information somewhere that would be helpful to have? Yes. Yes. It's printed information. I can supply it to you if you so desire, but all right. mainly I am, I am not convinced at all that uh, this qualifies as a vaccine. I, I really think it should be up to you as to whether you take it. I mean, I work out, I eat healthy. I've had nothing happen to me, and um, I'm I'm more than willing to take that less than one percent risk, uh, rather than to take a maybe a much more greater calculated risk with the vaccine. So okay, but there's a couple different uh, issues there, right? There's the issue of whether or not it's a legitimate vaccine that you're talking about, but then there's also the issue of whether or not people ought to be forced to take it. Um, right. Those yeah, are, those are absolutely. really two, two different things. All right. Thank you for your input, Dallas. I appreciate that. And, uh, um, those are very challenging things. And I think, I think it's very hard because this is our health care, right? This is, this is a, a government mandate that's coming down that the government is basically saying, this is a matter of life and death. You need to do it, you know, or this is a matter of ending the, the pandemic so that we have, uh, a better opportunity to really grow the economy. I want to bring us back here to what is at the root of all this mistrust. What is the root of what is going on? You know, as as believers, I think we need to rise above a lot of the controversy as much as we can, and in particular, because people judge us by the comments we make. And one of the reasons I was asking him about where does he have that information is Today, in today's world, you can fact-check things immediately. And as soon as the person you're talking to, who, especially if they don't know Jesus, fact-checks you on their phone while you're talking to them. This happens to me during sermons, okay? This happened to the President of the United States uh, just this weekend. When he, when he came out and he said, nobody's having trouble getting to the airport. He did. He said that. People immediately, those reporters, immediately know that wasn't true. Now, the president might have believed it was true. Perhaps he was told that. Perhaps it was old news and there was a time when it was 
uh, accurate, but we have the ability to have live feedback. And, and what I'm getting at is as we have these conversations and they're emotional and they're hard and they're hard for me. Okay. And I see that, you know, we got a lot of calls on here. They're super hard. Okay. What is our responsibility, regardless of what ultimately is true? If there's some big scam going on here or whether people are being duped into not taking it, they're going to be sick. How do we approach this as believers? I think it matters so greatly. And what is, what is beneath all of it? That's what we want to, what we want to get to. Um, let's go to uh, Patricia in Santa Ana. Patricia, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining me today. Patricia, you're on the program. Thanks for, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm fine. All Uh, right. So uh, uh, what's your comment here? Well, uh, two or three things. Um, The lady that helped me clean my house two months ago, she had the uh, injection, two injections for the protect yourself from the virus. Mm -hmm. And uh, now yesterday I found out, the day before yesterday I found out she's down with the COVID virus. Okay. And she's really sick. So what good did it do to get the vaccine? Right. So in in her case, and then in your experience there, it's been uh, rough for her. Go ahead. Another couple, uh, she had surgery on her spine and she went through all of that. And she was determined to get up and go. She she had an incision from the back of her neck all the way down to her tailbone to repair all the vertebrae that were not working. And she was determined to get up and go. She was a strong Christian, and she just said, the Lord's going to help me. She got up and started walking as soon as they would let her. And soon she was home. She was supposed to be in the hospital for a week, and she was home in four days. And she had help, you know, at home for a while. And then anyway, her husband was helping her, but then he had lung cancer return. And so he went through all the chemotherapy. So she was trying to help him in her limited uh, you know, getting those uh, steel right. So, so Patricia, I've got to go to I've got to go to a break. So, one of the things you're expressing anyway, is that, yeah. hey, Patricia, hey, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. I've got to go to a break, and uh, I appreciate your phone call. One of the things you're expressing is that you have these personal relationships with people who have had different experiences, including somebody who had the vaccine, and then they came down sick with COVID anyway, which they have told us is going to happen, but. Um, we are seeing that more and more often. That's why they're saying now you need a booster shot, right? That's what's coming. Hey, this is a uh, interesting conversation. And uh, like I said, people are really, are really moved by it. And what I want you to do, and I'm going to address this when we come back from the break, is I want to try to get to the biblical root of some of what is going on and why we can't agree and, and maybe find a little bit of a solution here, at least in how we as believers can move forward with this conversation in such a controversial place. Hey, everybody, thanks for being a part of the show. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. You're listening to Southern California Live. I will be right back. Stay tuned. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern California Live program. I am Pastor Scott Furrow of the First Baptist Church of San Diego, the phone-in number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Thanks for joining us on the uh, on the program. You know, something funny is that the younger people on my staff, they laugh at me when I call it a program and not a show. Is there a difference, really? Is that wrong? Am I aging myself out by calling it a program 
and not a show. Is it a show or a program? What is it? I like both. I like it's it's a program. It's a show. Anyway, um, never mind that for now, because we have more serious issues afoot. We've been talking about the news, and I wondered what was going to happen. I wondered what was going to happen, you know, as a guest host on this program, if I said, hey, what do you think about the uh, FDA uh, um, passing its uh, Pfizer application today and making sure that Pfizer is now FDA approved? There are certainly ramifications to that. I'm curious if some people feel more confident about it, or does it matter? I think with a lot of people, it probably doesn't matter. It's not going to change things. Uh, But that was the rationale. That was the rationale for a lot of people not taking it as well. It's not FDA approved. Okay, well, it is now. So does that change your mind? And honestly, in a lot of ways, it's not even the issue here. What I want to talk about, and believers, you know, we had just a few phone calls, and believers, people who love Jesus, who do not agree on this question, We have them in our churches, in all of our churches, people who do not agree, or people going to different churches in different places, or even churches that are sort of dividing people up uh, to try to bring people together. I remember a while ago when churches started to open, some churches, and maybe yours did this, they had like a service just for people who want to wear masks and and another church service for people who didn't want to wear masks. And I laughed with a friend of mine, another pastor who did that. I said, so you have a masks-only service and a no-mask-only service? And he said, yeah. I said, so you divided the Democrats and Republicans in your church. And uh, it was a joke, but it's, it's, there's a definite division we have here. And it concerns me as a, as a believer um, that we can get distracted by uh, so many different things. And I know this is huge. It's a, it's a really big deal for us. I want to do something that I call the ferocious commentary and where I just give some opinion about some things and I'm interested in your feedback and you call me at 888-528-2557 or 888-52-TALKS. I think that deep down in all of this stuff is the fear that people have of death. Actual real, real fear of death. The fear of death that actually, even though we could die at any moment at any time in our life, we usually push out. It's something our brain does that's remarkable is we don't like to think about that, right? We don't get up in the morning, most of us, unless we're really sick, thinking that this could be it, you know, unless you read that hot dog study I read recently and you eat a lot of hot dogs. So what do we do? You know, the scriptures in the book of Hebrews, the scriptures give us a whole lot about not to fear. And there's a reason for that. Hebrews chapter 13, at the end of the book of Hebrews, the Hebrews writer gives us a whole lot of uh, snippets of different things that we need to take to heart about our faith. And in verse 5, he says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And I think that a lot of our, our fear, we have this fear of death, but we also are bringing in a fear of, of mere mortals, some people who aren't trusting the science or they're not trusting the people behind the science, or we're trusting people who we just trust more for some other reason because we read something on, on the, the Internet. Um, you know, one of the people who gets a lot of heat, and I feel bad for this guy, I just do, is Dr. Fauci. Okay. And I feel bad because, not because I appreciate everything he's done. He's definitely been talking out of both sides of his mouth, in my opinion. Okay. That's out there. Um, But the outcry about this poor guy, uh, here's something I think, and this isn't to, this isn't to cause you to dislike him. It's just a reality. The reality is Dr. Anthony Fauci is the highest paid person in the federal government. Do you know this? He's paid more than the president. All right. According to open the books, 
2019, he was paid $417,000. National Institutes of Health spokesperson said that last year his salary was $434,312. I guess right down to the dollar. Now, he's been around forever. He's been around since 1984 in these roles, and he's led the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984. He's helped deal with the AIDS and Zika and Ebola virus and those things. He was he has dozens of honorary doctoral degrees, and uh, President George W. Bush awarded him the Presidential Medal of Freedom for his leadership in all of these areas. And honestly, until last year, he was a trusted guy on both sides, Democrats, Republicans, conservatives, liberal, in all of these cases. President Trump put him in charge of all of this. You know, one of the things I think that's frustrating is, you know, in 2021, what we do is we just cancel people, even though we trusted them for all these years. As soon as they do something we don't like, they're out. That's how our society works today. And uh, so, you know, with him, one of the reasons I feel bad for him is I think that a couple of things are going on. Number one, I think he was asked to speak into policy related to all the coronavirus stuff where he's not a policy guy. He's not a guy who has any information for, you know, what should happen as far as schooling or what should happen as far as the economy, a whole lot of different policy issues and psychological issues and a whole lot of things that I don't think were really, you know, thought out very well when we started all of this. And yet he really was driving in his people, not just him, it's his people and his team, uh, all this stuff, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve. And then I think we didn't know what to do after that uh, in a lot of ways. And much of the conflict we have with him is because of he's been asked to give us not just a scientific opinion, but also policy. And that's a mistake. I think uh, we shouldn't have done that uh, to him. That's my opinion. Um, but I also think, you know, he lives in kind of his own bubble and we all have our own bubble, right? We heard from callers who were saying, you know, this is what I'm experiencing with these people. I've got an opinion of people that I'm experiencing. You know, I could tell you that in my life in ministry, they, we I had very little covid uh, for almost over a year in the whole crisis. And now I've got more problems right now with people that I know personally with COVID than I've had the entire time. Uh, and it, it alarms me a little bit, right? It's like, oh, what's happening? Why didn't I have this a year ago? But maybe that's just where I live. Maybe that's just the people in our church. Who knows what the reason is for that? I think that the reason is this. Why is he the highest paid federal employee? Like why? Why Dr. Fauci? Or just somebody in that role? We don't need to make it about him, right? But why is he? Here's why. Because our biggest fear as human beings is death. We are scared to death of death. And here's the thing. If there is no God, then the best hope you have is Dr. Fauci. You think about that, that if there is no God, if what I just read in the book of Hebrews is not true, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, says the Lord. So that we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? If that's not true, then the best you've got is Dr. Fauci. If Jesus did not rise from the grave, then Fauci's all you got. Or whoever is going to replace him, because the next person is going to say similar stuff. I think that's a big story. You know, death, the most money you are going to spend in your life, medically speaking, is going to happen in the last couple months of your life. The most money that your insurance company, hopefully, is going to spend on you is in the last couple of months. You're going to spend all this money just to push death off just a few weeks, maybe a couple of months, or maybe just a few days. That's huge. We're scared of death. We pay Fauci more than anybody else because our religion is becoming science and our hope is becoming science. And I think there's a lot of reason to trust uh, the scientists who are working. For sure, there's some corruption and advocacy and other stuff. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. But I think it 
that science has become the religion for so many, because if you reject Christ, if you reject our hope being in the Lord, uh, then what else do you have? Well, you better hope that he is, is right. It's a big deal. So what do we do as Christians? Do you fear death as a Christian? I mean, we fear leaving our family and loved ones and, and that part of it. But I mean, just death itself. I hate to tell you this, but one out of every one person dies. That's just the statistic that is absolutely true. Death, and you know what's about that that's wrong is that death, if you go up to the university, is taught as just a part of life. You know, well, death is just a part of life. You know what? That might be comforting to some people, but that's actually garbage. Because what death does is it robs you of your grandparents. It robs you of your parents, of your friends in tragedy or your kids in tragedy. It robs you of others. Death is not just a part of life. Death is the enemy. You know, Christian, do we not understand that death has been defeated by Jesus Christ on the cross? That the promise, the end game for the living God is that there will be no more sadness, sickness, fear, or death. That's our message. And I think that one of the things that we have got to do in all of this stuff is make sure that our message turns back to the gospel in these discussions. Because the thing is, is I'm not a scientist, and most of you listening are probably not a scientist. And those of you who are scientists, if you're a true scientist, you know that sometimes discoveries are made later that change your beliefs about different things. That's the nature of science. And we want you to keep asking questions. We want you to be scientists in that way. But here's the thing. Whoever believes in Jesus, do you really believe this Christian will have everlasting life? that they, like Jesus, will go into the grave and, like Jesus, will follow him out through the hole that Jesus punched into death and follow him into eternal life. See, this is our message. We are scared to death about what Dr. Fauci might say or this virus or Marxism or fascism or scientism or all these things that we're afraid of. But see, the world is going crazy over all this stuff because we fear death. Our hope as Christians is in Christ, Christ alone. Revelation 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write these things down, which he did. For these words are trustworthy and true. Are these things trustworthy and true to you believers? Like to me, to all of us who have these opinions and we're going after each other. You know, church people are going after each other on this and all kinds of stuff. Don't be afraid. Look at these things through the lens of trusting the Lord. The absolute worst thing that's going to happen to you if you believe in Jesus is that you're going to die and go be with Jesus. And that's true whatever happens to you. Keep that in mind and keep your ministry in focus. We'll finish up here in just a few minutes. You're listening to the Southern California Live program. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. I'll be back with you in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the program. I am Pastor Scott Furrow, and this is Southern California Live. You can give me a call at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We have just a few 
moments left, and we've been talking about our response to uh, the news and about the vaccine, and uh, many of you have, have chimed in with that. And in the last segment, I was talking about fear, and I think, you know, that's behind a lot of the frustration, a lot of the conflict that we have, even inside churches, even churches who are dividing over issues of the vaccine or of the virus, whether to take it, government mandates, you know, all of these things are, are serious. And as, you know, citizens of our country, these things matter greatly. Where I am leading us to, as best that I can, is to say that, you know, as Christians, we have to lead and be the shining city on the hill. Like it's us. We are the light of the world. And so we have to be very careful about the things we say about these issues and how we how we talk about them and how they can pull us off of the whole point of the gospel. Because you know, if Jesus Christ were to come to your church or to come on this program right now, Jesus, if you're listening, I'd love to have you join us on the show. And uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. I'm going to hear from him later. Jesus, if he were to come on, this air, on the air with us and tell us exactly what's true about the vaccine, safe or not, and if he were to tell us exactly what is true going on in our government, going on with other things, the thing is, is our mission would be the same. Whatever is ultimately true about these things, our mission to make disciples and to represent Christ remains the same. And this is something for all of us, and I need this myself, and, you know, all of us get emotional with these things for different reasons based on our own experiences, our own fears and concerns. We have got to be loving in the way we present any conversation with this. And it is hard. Josie writes in on the Facebook page. She says, have you seen the video of the reporter asking Jen Psaki if the White House is mandating the shot for themselves? And uh, apparently, and I, I wasn't able to double check. I always want to double check these things. Was that video done today after the president came out and told all the employers to mandate it? Uh, if it was, then, you know, this is one of the reasons there's so much mistrust, right? The president says, I urge all employers to mandate the, the shot, but he's not doing it. You know, that's what's driving everybody crazy, that kind of thing. But I think also there is something spiritual going on here, the spiritual side of fear and what's causing that, the spiritual side of confusion that is going on. This is the work of the devil, okay, confusion where this is there. This is why we've got to stay sober-minded about these things as best as we can. You know, in the book of First Corinthians, there's a famous passage about love, right? Love is patient, love is kind. We read that at weddings. But do you know that the context of this really is like for a church meeting? Like you, that's actually, you could read it at a wedding, it's fine. But the context of it is actually how we respond even toward each other. That's what's going on in, in the context of Corinthians. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. Now listen to this. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I mean, it is such a powerful thing. And at the end of it, it says, and these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And what I would challenge each one of us to do in our context with particularly with the people in our life, the people who we are are commanded to go make disciples with, is to try to keep these things in mind and stay loving with how we deal with even these very hard and personal uh, conversations 
where we have disagreement even in the smallest way, and then what we want to do is just burn that other person who believes something different. And we can't do that as believers because we have something higher. We have something so much more important. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. We've got to be loving to our neighbor. We have got to spend our time really working and praying. And, and, you know, those of you who have called and those of you who we couldn't get to, I'm sorry that we couldn't get to your calls uh, later, but I'm glad that people are involved here. We need to make sure we're staying scriptural because I'm telling you, what is happening in the world today, in Afghanistan and in our own country and with all the different battles of philosophy, it is all a fight that is built around confusion, confusion about what is true confusion that is coming from decades now of philosophy that is wrong. The philosophy especially being that all philosophies or religions are equally valid, right? Like one of the reasons we're not addressing the Taliban very well is because what we should be saying to them is the way you treat people, women especially in other groups, is morally wrong. Uh, and that's a hard, and we're saying that, but it's a hard thing to enforce when we want to say that all religions have equal validity, right? It is a confusion that happens the moment Human beings step away from worshiping the living God, who in reality is actually God. And we have to fear God in this respect, that fear him, that he's for real, that one day we will all stand in front of him. That is coming for every person you know. And more important than whether that person agrees with you about the virus, about the vaccine, more important than whether or not the government does what you think it ought to do, More important than even if the government fails in all of this or does something terrible and we go down the road of tyranny, which is the the natural course of things, I'm sorry to say, more important than all that is where people that you know, that God has called you into their life, where they're going to stand one day before the Lord when he comes the second time. And he's going to say, did you know why I came the first time? We need to be a people of grace where we can demonstrate that, where we can in a kind way say that we disagree, in a kind way have the conversation about whether we think the government is overreaching, a kind way point out when the government or or scientists are doing things based out of advocacy rather than research, to be able to say this in a way that gives us respect, that that gives us credibility. One of the hardest things is that we we put things out there on our Facebook and social media so fast that we can lose credibility. Or pastors, we pastors feel pressure to speak out on these things. I've I've got pressure from all sides, you know, to say this or that or the other thing. And the truth is, is I don't really know most of it. I mean, that's the truth. Is most of us don't even know. We don't know where things are going to go. Maybe you know, there's we just don't know. But I do know is that Jesus rose again from the grave. And I do know that because he rose again from the grave, that I can look through this world through that lens. And I know that whether I'm wrong or right about the virus, whether the government is there to protect us or that there's some other kind of scheme or conspiracy going on, that eventually the big piece is that everybody who knows Jesus gets to go be with the Lord forever. And his desire is that all people should be saved. That should be your desire, the salvation 
of human beings. The people that God has placed in your life is where you start with that. So make sure, my friends, that uh, you can do this lovingly. Do the research that's real. Be careful about biases for who you believe and why, uh, and be careful out there. Uh, Whatever the case may be, the virus is real, and there are people that are really suffering uh, because of it, not just here, but around the world. Okay, it is a big deal. Thank you for listening, and I know that is a whole lot of stuff. Hey, you know, I, before I run out of time, I want to make sure that I take some time to thank everybody for uh, uh, hearing from me these last three days. And I want to thank everybody here at Salem, at KKLA, and KPRZ for uh, asking me to host these three days. It has been a good time, and I've enjoyed being with you and uh, encouraging you to love others, and especially the people that God has placed in your life. You know, one of the things that is so deep, deeply important is that the church at this time begin to work together and to go outside the missional walls of our our own congregations, of our local places, that we're able to work together. And one of the things that encourages us, one of the places where we can build that kind of collaboration together is Christian Radio. So I want to encourage you to go to your to kkla.com, the website, check out what they're offering there, the other programs and the other things that are there, and kk, uh, kprz.com, check it out. We're here to help the church come together to do the mission that God has asked us to do. And that's a very exciting thing. Everybody, thank you very much. I am Pastor Scott Furrow of the First Baptist Church of San Diego, and we will be right back. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.